0: Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's the show where we talk about, dissect, celebrate even, one might say, all those themes of Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up with back in the 70s and 80s. And Well, actually, if you look around, turns out they've been growing up right alongside us. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's a pop culture show hosted by three middle-aged white guys. Who are they, you ask? Well, I'm one of them, and my name is Dan Grimshay as you probably should have known anyway. I'm your host, but I really don't know very much. So uh, to help me out, I brought along a couple of other hooligans. Uh, First of all, I got uh, Marky. Marky, why don't you sound off?
1: Hey, everybody. I'm not a white guy, but uh, fair enough. I'm close enough. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, you're on this podcast. Hard hard to beat that. Uh, Also, uh, perhaps the whitest and middle-aged of us all, Mr. Jimmy the Gent Lazinski. Let's hear from you. Hey,
2: hey, hey, it's your favorite uh, felonious feline fan, Jimmy the (laughs) Gem.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned you're a felonious feline fan. Not only because we forgot to do our vocal warm-ups this week, but also we're talking just about the new animated DC Batman-averse movie, Catwoman Hunted.
1: Ooh, that sounds good.
0: Or is it Catwoman colon hunted? I think it's colon hunted. Uh, it's, uh, we're talking not just about the movie, but we're talking to, uh, some of the creatives behind it, uh, including, uh, but not limited to, well, no, actually limited to the writer, Mr. Greg Wiesman. Yep. Uh, the voice, the star, the soul, if you will, of Catwoman herself, Elizabeth Gillies. Uh, and also we're just going to throw it into the mix, you know, especially because she's a huge star right now. Uh, Miss Stephanie Beatrice, who plays Batwoman. Uh, If you've seen Encanto, then you've heard her velvety pipes already, but uh, why not stick around and hear them again? Uh, Anyway, they are just uh, a part of the creative force behind this movie. Uh, In fact, Marky, what can you tell us about this? And please, just do it right off the top of your head.
1: Uh, Catwoman hunted heads Uh, A robust slate of DC-themed films and shorts collections coming in 2022. In the all-new original Catwoman Hunted, Catwoman's attempt to steal a priceless jewel puts her squarely in the crosshairs of both a powerful consortium of villains and the ever-resourceful Interpol, not to mention Batwoman. It might just be enough to contain her, or not. Elizabeth Gillies, who you guys know from Dynasty, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and Vacation, and Stephanie Petrice who is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You guys know her. She's a, she's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, lead the cast of Catwoman Hunted as the voices of Catwoman and Batwoman, respectively. Also featured is Jonathan Banks. You guys know him from Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. And he plays Black Mask, one of my favorite characters. Steve Bloom from Cowboy Bebop, Star Wars Rebels, as Solomon Grundy died on a Sunday. Lauren Cohen, she's from The Walking Dead. She's also been uh, Batman vs Superman. Um, she plays Julia Pennyworth. Keith David, that guy was in They Live, The Thing. And a lot of other things. Uh, he plays Tobias Whale. Sarah Faisal, friend of the show, she's um, plays Talia Al Ghul. Um, Jonathan Franks, he, that guy you guys know him from Star Trek, he plays King Faraday. Um, Kirby, I, I could just go on and on and on, but this this movie is loaded, and it does it in one of the most amazing styles that I've ever seen come out of a DC animated movie.
0: Did you rehearse that? Well, and I did not. <clears throat> yeah, that, that that sounded suspiciously close to a copy read which you know I frown upon, Marky. I would I've never read It supposed to be spontaneous. Anything. Down here it's Saturday morning cereal. <laughs> what makes you think uh, that this is
1: spontaneous? Just because it's 4K ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack, Blu-ray and digital?
0: When is that available? Available?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, uh, available February 8th, 2022.
0: It's already it's out now. It's out now. Anybody it. can be watching it. You're listening to this instead, and we thank you for it, but you yes. could be doing better, and Sat- this is one way.
1: Saturday morning cereal? More like Saturday morning shill. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Said the man who just breathlessly <laughs> read three paragraphs of coffee. <laughs> Copy. But- Copy, copy. Saturday morning sellout. That's better. <laughs> anyway, this is yet another occasion when uh, Jimmy and Marky e. here have uh, convinced me to watch uh, an entirely uh, hand-drawn animated movie, again, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'm actually not disappointed at all. I was very entertained. I'm not going to uh, stand up and do a review right now because I know we've got a lot of interviews to get to and you at home unless you're very quick on the ball you probably haven't seen it yet so we're going to avoid spoilers but we are going to try and lay a little groundwork let you know what this movie is Uh, in fact there's probably no one better to do that than uh, the writer himself I, I for one respect writers WGA go on uh, uh, Greg uh, Wiesman, and I think somebody here, the spirits are telling me somebody here spoke with this man. Jimmy? I did. How was that?
2: It was pretty awesome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> tell us uh, what. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell uh, us I, I Well, I could tell you that I called him on the phone and he answered, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we talked about a lot of stuff. He talked about the inspiration, what, what this movie, uh, if you haven't seen it, or you plan on seeing it, so no spoilers, but it has a It's uh, anime style, and Mm -hmm. he he mentions, as you're going to hear in the interview, how it's thematically based a lot on uh, Miyazaki's film, The Castle of Cagliostro, which you might know as Loop in the Third.
0: Oh, Loop in the Third. Right, 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 right.
2: And uh, I think he also talks about, uh, we talk a little bit about the music, the jazz score, which is pretty awesome. If you've seen the, if you haven't seen it. or That
0: haven't. is, as someone who just saw that movie. Uh, that and, a, and oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, let me ask you this. I'm glad you talked to him. I'm glad you got all this info. You didn't happen to like record it or anything, did you? I did. Oh, well if then you, if, shut your stupid mouth. Okay, magic interview machine. Let's hear this chat with Greg Weisman, huh? Meanwhile. Hey there.
2: Hey, Greg, how are you doing today?
3: I'm good. How
2: are you? I'm dynamite. I'm dynamite. Thank you for asking. And uh as always, thank you for taking the time today. Let's uh we're kind of limited, so if you don't mind, we'll jump right in. Um I yeah, sure. I really you know, we're talking about Catwoman Hunted and I really loved this uh this piece. It seems like a new direction with the um anime and the jazz and the whole mood and the aesthetic of the piece. Can you talk about what uh inspirations you drew from for for, the, for this?
3: The biggest single inspiration is um, the Miyazaki film uh Lupin the Third, Castle of Tagliostra. Um, and you know, which is a movie I've seen many times, although not recently, and that's on purpose. Um, I pitched Catwoman as being in a loop in the third kind of film. And they when they bought in on it, I had this moment, Well, geez, it's been years since I've seen this movie. I should go back and watch it. And then I made a conscious decision not to. Um, because I thought, you know, it's one thing to be influenced by it, but if I watch it again, I'm afraid it'll sort of, uh, it'll move away from being an homage to a flat out theft. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, my memory of it influenced me, but to not make that memory so present that I couldn't escape it, um, since it's so good. Uh, and, uh, I've been... Now that the movie's all done, you know, in the can, I've been meaning to rewatch it, uh, Lupin, that is, uh, again, but I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, But that's the plan is is that now I can rewatch it because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we finished making the movie. Uh, But that was a huge influence on it. That sort of um, style and Elon and um, just seemed perfect for Selena Kyle. And, um, and that sort of international heist and uh, thriller uh, felt like a good venue for um, us to make something that on the surface seemed like, frankly, fluff, you know, uh, that, oh, it's just this wild ride. It's great. Is that, and then the the slow reveal that underneath there's some, Selena has serious intent and You'd never know it 95% of the time, but every once in a while that serious intent peaks out and we see that, you know, she's about something. She's just not doing this for fun or because the emerald was called the cat's eye emerald in in Adam West, Catwoman, Julie Newmar's fashion, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and uh you mentioned the music i i love the score i can't take any credit for that uh i, I just think they did a, uh uh everyone uh did a fantastic job and the and uh but obviously uh i can't take any credit for it i just love it
2: yeah the score the score is incredible and and i feel like it helps set this apart from other dc animated stories sets it in its own little yeah aside from the animation um speaking of the animation the opening credits seemed to my eye to be an, an homage to darwin cook and you use selena's uh sort of her costume his design uh, uh does this story relate in any way to trail of the Catwoman, or i'm sorry trial of the Catwoman, or selena's big score
3: uh not for me uh i you know i've got 50 years of DC continuity floating around in my head. Um, but there are gaps in there. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Darwin's work on the character, uh, are among the gaps. So, um, it didn't influence me, but you know, I wasn't, a. it's not like I made this film single-handedly or anything. So, you know, it may have influenced Ethan or it may have influenced uh, someone else on the film and, uh, and they, uh, brought that in, uh, but not me personally. And, uh, I didn't produce this movie. I wrote it, but I, uh, I didn't, uh, unlike something like Young Justice, I didn't produce it. So I wasn't involved in every facet of it. my,
2: um, I, I love, uh, Lee Merriweather is my favorite Catwoman. You mentioned, uh, Julie Newmar. Did you, do you have a, a Catwoman voice in your head when you're writing for her?
3: I do now. It's Elizabeth Gillies, mm. um, mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, the kind of thing I was imagining wasn't Julie Newmar or Eartha Kitt or Lee Merriweather, though I am huge fans of all three. Um, There might have been, I don't know, maybe a little aspect of Michelle Pfeiffer in there, but not even that, really. I was really trying to come up with something that I felt was archetypal and inherent to the character. Um, And... I hope it came out in the script in such a way or what I should say, I was hoping that it would come out in the script in such a way that it would inspire the actor who took on the role. And I didn't write it with any specific person in mind, but, um, when we were talking about casting with Jamie Thomason, our voice director, uh, Elizabeth Gillies came up. Um, I've never worked with her before. Uh, but uh, she's someone we've talked about working with uh, on Young Justice, and it uh, didn't work out for various uh, scheduling reasons. Um, and so uh, her name came up for this, and I'm like, that's perfect. Um, I love her work in live action specifically. I loved her in Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, the Dennis Leary show. and um, And so it was, you know... I thought that's perfect casting for that role. And now she really was able to take the dialogue that I wrote and, and brought it to life. And so now I, you know, she's forever my Catwoman.
2: Mm-hmm. She really, she really knocked it out of the park. I feel she was really great. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about a specific scene towards the beginning of the movie when, uh, Catwoman has, um, not even has ventured past flirting and downright teasing Batwoman. Um, to my, I, I think in the comic books, Batwoman is uh, out as a lesbian, but has, is Selena Kyle now, or in, in this movie, is she bisexual or is she more doing whatever she can to distract Batwoman? Uh,
3: m- my answer to that is both. Um, I think Selena is bisexual Um But I also think in this case, what that scene was about was her doing what she needed to do to uh, solve a specific problem in a specific moment. And the way I sort of judged that scene is I I said to myself, if if, 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 taking Batman specifically out of the equation, because her relationship with him is obviously way more complicated. um, But if she were standing there opposite Hal Jordan or, you know, Eilie O'Brien or whoever, <laughs> you know,
2: uh,
3: would she do anything different? And I thought, no, she wouldn't. You know, she uses the tools in her toolbox uh, to accomplish goals that seem frivolous but are actually quite serious. And um, in this case, she used those tools on Kate, and they only work briefly, right? Um, and then Kate immediately realized, wow, this is a supremely bad idea. She is you know, Selena is, is, uh, irresistible on a lot of levels. And she, and I think that's true to men and women and other genders as well. Um, but in this specific case, uh, it was with Kate and, uh, I do think that she's bisexual, but that's in essence, I don't think those two notions are, are, uh, are diametrically opposed. She can be bisexual and still be using people.
2: Do you have a, a, a comment on on the the importance of the representation of the LGBTQ plus community in uh, modern animation? Uh,
3: I'm. I mean, the short answer is I'm all for it. You know, I think people need to be able to uh, all sorts of people, all sorts of groups um, in LGBT. Uh, Q plus community want to mm-hmm. see representation on screen. Um, it's only recently in my history that I've been allowed to do that, though I've been asking to do it, going all the way back in the 90s. Um, and for literally decades was told no, you absolutely cannot. And back in those days, all we could do was write the characters consistently so that if and when they the answer became yes, It wouldn't seem jarring um, when, in essence, they were objectively revealed to be part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, But now that we can, um, I want to do it. We're doing it more and more on Young Justice. It's it's not an overnight process, uh, but it's something that we been doing and are continuing to do and um, and so doing it at least a little tiny bit of it here on Catwoman um, I think is a good thing although again this isn't exactly a positive representation of it here <laughs> Right. Uh. Uh, uh, so I, I hesitate you know I, I don't want to hold this up as hey look uh, because uh, I just felt that if it were Barry Allen this is what Selena would do so why wouldn't she also do it to Kate Kane?
2: Mm-hmm. I dig it. Uh, Greg, I'm pretty sure that's my time. Uh, Catwoman Hunting comes out on 4K, Blu-ray, Combo Pack, Blu-ray Digital on February 8th. I want to thank you for your time. Do me a favor. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I will see you on the other side. Thanks, Gary. Thanks so much. Thanks, Gary. The
1: signal goes out. A ferocious feline is on the prowl. It's
3: Catwoman. But Bruce Wayne's custom poop is loaded with
4: surprises. Batman returns. What was that?
3: It's Batman.
4: Captain, but Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. in. Batman returns.
1: Bruce Wayne
0: figure included with custom poop. Other figures sold separately. And that was writer, though admittedly not producer. Greg Wiesman. Uh Jimmy, great work talking to him. Uh you didn't clam up once. I'm really proud of you this time. Thanks, pal.
1: Yeah, great work, Jimmy. My only note on this interview was, man, this guy gets Catwoman. He really
0: does. It does. It comes through, especially when he's talking about how great uh he found Elizabeth Gilly's performance. And Catwoman is a complex, great character. I know, yeah. can't, uh, Jimmy, you're the resident Batman expert, even though True. technically what we saw here in Catwoman Hunted was not a Batman movie. I think Catwoman's legacy goes back to like the the early days, you know, probably not the very first Batman, but where, where did she come from?
2: Well, you're not, you're wrong. She came from Batman number one in the spring of 1940.
0: Son of a bitch. Yes. She's as old as Batman.
2: Yes. Well, no. Batman was in Detective Comics first when he got his own.
0: Oh. Look, well, there's the asterisk that brings us there. the Joker, Catwoman. So mm-hmm. when he needed uh, his own serialized foil and or ally, wait a minute. Was she because the character is great because she threads the needle between, you know, they have this love hate relationship sort of. But does, is that what the very first one back in the 40s was?
2: Uh, sort of, yeah. Like, she was flirting with them, and uh, she was, I think she was just, a, um, she didn't have really have a suit. She was just in a dress, well, as I recall.
0: Well, that's fair. I think she's had a lot of suit changes. I think even the movie sort of alludes to that. Yep. Uh but she has been played by and Jimmy again I'm gonna have to lean into your expertise here because especially the uh Batman sixty-six you know well. Uh and even though here on the show we spoke to one Lee Merriweather years ago. Yeah, it's one of our first shows. When we were just loosely affiliated with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Very loose.
2: But
1: uh we did get one
0: question po- from you for her, but uh, we wouldn't give you credit until now. <laughs>
2: I'll take it. I'll take any credit I can get. Um, she was Lee Merriweather was the second, um, uh, actress to play Catwoman.
0: All right, well yeah. then, give me yeah, the first action. was
2: the first was Julie Newmar, and then 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 followed by Eartha Kitt. That was all on the '66 show. And then, if we're just talking about live action, that's followed by Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns, and Halle Berry and Hathaway, and you had those ladies on. Um, Gotham I think Cameron by Condovia, maybe that sounds and right and Lily Simmons sounds and right. soon to be a Zoe Kravitz coming up in The Batman in uh, less than four weeks but the first but if we're but we're talking about animated features the first a- a- a animated voice of Catwoman would have been Jane Webb from the Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder TV show in 1968
0: wait what are you talking about Was it the was first. that an animated? Yes. That was a cartoon? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is a cartoon. She... Was it a Saturday morning cartoon for fuck's sake? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, I was completely unaware to this moment. I hate to sidetrack it... this, but uh, just real quick, tell me about that show.
2: It was about Robin and uh it was about Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder and okay. this particular okay. Catwoman just wore with like ya? a green uh outfit with big cat-eye glasses. Not, I wouldn't even really call it a mask. And then shortly right, out, well, ten, right. ten, a little less than ten years later, it was the new Adventures of Batman and Catwoman was voiced by Melody Britt. And she had like mm-hmm. an orange suit with a cat on it.
1: I remember that suit. That was cool. And the next voice actress, of course, of course I would be remember Adrian Barboa.
2: It would be Adrian Barboa and, and B-Taz. I know you know B-Taz.
0: Oh, we always talk about the Bataz here. Right.
1: Well, uh, was there was there ever a voiced Catwoman in the Super Friends cartoon?
0: Ooh, I don't believe so. I don't so. think I don't think, she I don't was think in, so either. I did. I just did. It wasn't in Gotham. I think is what it was.
1: Yeah, I don't remember there being a Catwoman in the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. Like off I, the top of my head,
0: Super Friends. Head, I think was I basically just say... in Metropolis. Like the UN is in New York, so they just didn't get the the Gotham yeah. villain villains involved. Like, was the Joker ever on it?
1: Yeah, there yeah. was definitely a Joker and a Penguin. And a Riddler. I and a Riddler. So I
0: was, was going to say, like, their, their rogues
2: gallery of the, the Legion of Doom was a little Batman and Superman heavy. So they had to make some cuts somewhere. And the <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman fought her own uh, villainess, yeah. which would have been uh, Cheetah.
1: Who so we I, saw in Catwoman Hunted. Uh, by the way... Which shouldn't be too uh, big a Spoiler.
0: Yes, if you know yeah, your character yeah, names, then you know she's going to be in it. And he, yeah, I yes. am speaking as, you know, the guy here who knows the absolute least. I represent the average stupid moviegoer when it comes to these, and I can tell you even I knew she was Cheetah.
1: Yeah, it actually says here in my show notes that it was voiced by Kirby Hal Batiste. Uh, she was the one that played Barba Minerva, who played Chitara. By the way, and this is a spoiler, she is awesome in Catwoman Hunted. <laughs> that was a great part. So wait till you see this, everybody. <laughs> this is Well, I mean, not really a
0: spoiler, but yeah, yeah. I mean you yeah. should say it's it, awesome. everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that was an awesome part. Anyway, I think we're getting a little sidetracked. Catwoman. So basically, if I'm picking up on what you're laying down here, my uh uh Jimmy, there really hasn't been a bad Catwoman. Am I mistaken?
0: But there's never been a totally good Catwoman. Am I mistaken, Jimmy? Go. I mean, come
2: on. I mean, I wouldn't say yes, you. but I couldn't say no.
0: <laughs> See? Threading the needle just like Selena Kyle does. You know, she yeah. and Batman have this connection. But he represents fighting criminals. She absolutely indulges in being a criminal. But somehow... Ooh, they work like peanut butter and chocolate Discuss. I think
1: most I think most um most of the cat women that I've seen in films um they all seem to kind of be like a steal from the rich give to the poor kind of persona uh I don't know if that's what it's always been but that's you know since uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was just a woman that was scorned She was kind of on a grudge. She didn't really have that part of her, like in her personality. Mm. But after that she was definitely
0: an out and out villain in that Batman movie, I think.
1: Well, she was out for vengeance against one particular person. Yes. Like she wasn't really out there causing trouble. She wasn't even really stealing anything.
0: Yeah, which hardly Uh, which ruins the the cat burglar motif.
1: It does, but it's she's so good in that role that you could totally And I feel that.
0: like uh, but, yeah. maybe even, Jimmy, you skipped her over, but Halle Berry yeah. was no, supposed to Halle launch Berry. a Catwoman. Right? Oh, maybe we just all missed it, like the movie. Yeah, But
2: right. You paid as much <laughs> attention to that as we did the movie, right?
0: Yeah, and poor Halle Berry, not her fault at all. But again, kind of a mishandled character. I forget why, because I forget the entire movie. I know I saw it twice.
1: Well, I, I it,
0: actually used a blockbuster that,
1: on VHS. Uh, I I seem to remember that that was a abandoned script for like the Tim Burton Batman 3. Am I wrong about that, Jimmy?
2: To my knowledge, yeah, I you think you're probably wrong about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I
1: like
0: to I, I like otherwise, to some scripts I should
2: be I, abandoned. Right. I I uh that Catwoman bears little or no resemblance to the Catwoman that uh, Halle Berry's Catwoman bears little or no resemblance to the the Catwoman in Batman's world. As she was originally, well, yes, like we said, yeah. an, um, a, a love interest slash pretty strictly cat burglar, bad guy, bad gal, um, meant to liven things up in the comic books, and they only called her the cat back then. And it wasn't only until, I would say, in the 90s or early to mid-90s when she evolved into sort of an anti-hero where she's stealing from the rich to give to the poor. And uh, maybe um, it came off of Batman year one where she was protecting the, um, the young ladies of the evening. That maybe that's where that stemmed from. I couldn't.
0: That's a bit of a spoiler alert.
1: No, it happened in the (laughs) nineties. Yeah. If you weren't born. But also Jimmy and, um, well, and I, I think that's also kind of the start of when Catwoman started to venture into uh, the LGBTQ plus kind of arena was around that same era, because it was kind of implied, even in the Batman year one, that she kind of had a relationship with some of these girls. Um, So this was that's always been something that's been a part of it, uh, a part of her persona. um, And it's like. I don't remember anybody ever having a problem with Catwoman swinging that way. You know, like she's always been, Um, uh, she's been like at the forefront. You know, she, she's a very popular um, character and she seems to be out and, and, and um, very confident. And I, I think she's just one of those very unique characters that just takes this really, um, um, she just, she just, she, she definitely has like this really comfortable place among all these other characters. That's very unique, very expressive, without any apologies. And
3: it's
0: something. Oh, it to almost r- just kind of makes the uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer interpretation that much more offensive. Why? Why is that? Well, she's just a scorned woman who should have fallen to her death, but instead she's given like one chance to revenge. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. She's given nine in that movie. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, I don't, I, I don't think that it's a, I don't think that it's a series of step forwards and steps backs. It's just that she can kind of fulfill, you know, any of these roles. You know, she's a very versatile character. She's a very good character. Um, And I think the most important thing about Catwoman is that she is a character with her own agency. She can decide what she wants to do. Um, it's it's always been there for this particular character, at least in all the versions that I've seen of her. Well,
0: the the, the I more have... I hear about the character, the more I'm thinking, like, they really should have just let Sean Young play it. I don't know if you guys remember she... all that back yeah. in the day, but she was she was out there forcing auditions in public kind of stuff, like I assume Selena Kyle would have.
1: I actually kind think she brilliant. would have been a pretty. I think she would have been a pretty good Catwoman because she's a little crazy. But, it but would I think have been in the movies different...
0: they didn't tackle the Catwoman character right, or they didn't find the hook that I liked until I'm hearing around Which the is, '90s, the fact that she's uh, good and bad. The yeah. Fact that she operates. I mean, you you in Batman lore, and I hope this isn't too deep a dive, but there seems to be like. Batman is the ultimate righteous. He won't even kill. He'll sacrifice his own entire life to making the shadows slightly safer. And he's always facing off against strictly agents of chaos.
1: hmm
0: You know, especially when it comes to the Joker and even the ones that are motivated by money in his universe, they're still just twisted and mad and would rather see the world fall apart. Uh, but she doesn't want any of that and she finds some simpatico with Batman and they both have a certain darkness uh i don't know something something works for me with that character uh and i'll tell you i'll tell you who one of the best performers is elizabeth gillies for my That's money right. and i only know that because i just watched catwoman colon, hunted
2: well if <laughs> if i may uh get my elbow in here real quick she has been voiced uh, we mentioned all the live actresses, but she has been voiced by some pretty big names in the past. Adrian Barbeau, Gina Gershon, uh, Vanessa Marshall, Patty Manson, Kelly Hudson, Eliza Dushku, uh, more re- more recently, uh, Gray Delisle Griffin, and that, uh, unfortunately, um, Zoe Kravitz voiced her. I was going to say, unvo- unfortunately, we lost the The actress that played her in Batman: The Long Halloween, which was a great version, yes. Naya River, Rivera, oh. but for my money, this is as, as we've as I said ad nauseum how much I love the '66 show. Elizabeth Gilley's version is right up there with with Lee yeah. Merriweather and oh, see this Julie is New this Oz is Eartha quit She she really knocks this this script and her performance is is really knocks it out of the park.
0: Of course you're going to yeah, say that like you are so you're like double biased now between the 66 and I happen to have it on good authority that you talked to Elizabeth Gillies all about this yourself. I did. Very <laughs> self-serving. I I'm not uh, very happy about this, but since I assume you probably even recorded it. Go ahead Jimmy call up the magic interview machine.
2: Magic interview machine. Meow meow meow.
0: Well, I mean, you'll get better as you go. Let me (laughs) me take it, magic interview machine. Let us hear Jimmy talk to Elizabeth Gillies all about Catwoman: Hunted. Meanwhile, hello, Elizabeth. How are you doing today?
5: Hey, good. How are you?
0: I'm
2: dynamite. Thank you for asking. Uh, Let's let's dive right into Catwoman: Hunted. Um, What can you tell me without any spoilers? Can you? Tell me anything about the story of this program.
5: I mean, basically, Catwoman is after this priceless jewel, and what ensues is just a massive adventure between her, Batwoman, and a bunch of villains and monsters. And there are so many exciting cameos and Easter eggs for DC fans. There's so many amazing appearances. I don't want to spoil anything because it really is... There are so many cool surprises. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like... It's a heist movie mixed with... I mean, it's its 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 own thing. And uh, it's anime style, which is so exciting. And the most exciting, of course, is that it's her first animated feature all her own. So I was honored to get to be a part of that.
2: Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what's it like to put your stamp on such an iconic character that's top tier in D.C.?
5: I mean, it's a lot of pressure, but it is also an honor. So I was very... Um, very excited when they asked me to do it. I'm a big fan of Catwoman and I adore um, Michelle Pfeiffer's version. So that was my jumping off point. But I think because the script is so different and it's so new that I wanted it to feel new as well. So I found my own voice and my own kind of, I put my own spin on it, but I did want to, of course, pay tribute to the the character that everyone loves so much. So I hope I did a good job. No one seems too pissed that I'm playing her. So that's a good start.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, jumping off point, right? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Right. Right. Uh, if, if we, you know, if I could, if you could see me right now, I'm in my office and behind me is a, an absolute shrine to the Batman 66 show. And uh, Lee Weary Mather would happen to be my personal favorite Catwoman through over the years. So I'm wondering, was there any other Catwoman performance that inspired you for this, for your performance?
5: Did you mean to say performance?
2: Per-for- yes, yes. <laughs> Twice.
5: Um, I, you know, I, I once hear so many. Um, I, I, you know what I did? I looked online, which was interesting, and I wanted to see how she had been portrayed vocally in animation in the past and I sort of you know just took kind of score of how everyone had done her voice in the past and 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 I learned everything I could about her and then I came up with my own take um I I don't know who my second favorite would be that's a really good question I want to now I want to now go way back and I want to kind of like maybe look at Julie Newmar and like see all that now I Mm -hmm. think I need to go further time.
2: Well, I I can only assume I'm a little older than you. Um, that's probably why.
5: Well, no, I mean I have very very vintage taste, so maybe my obsession with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman will be rivaled once I do my kind of really vintage homework. You never know. Mm-hmm.
2: What aspects of Selena Kyle slash Catwoman do you relate most to? Of,
5: uh, you know, I, I she has such a sense of self and a strength when she's in public. She has a lot of uh, bravado and she's got this sort of, um, this, this, this hardware and this wall that she puts up and this character she plays with people that is much kind of more exaggerated than she really is. And for a long time, I was that way. And I tend to still be that way, but she, she really does in this movie, at least, um, uh, she shows much more vulnerability and acquired quieter side of herself when she um, is alone or with her cat, Isis. And I, I can relate to that. I can relate to being one way when I'm in public and, I'm, you know, a, a much bigger, bolder version of myself is unbothered and unflappable and then come home and hang with my dogs and I'm more, you know, I'm more reserved and quiet. And, and I just think in general, she's, uh, she's an aspirational character in a way that she's just very— She's very cool and strong and unbothered, and I I I think that a lot of young girls gravitate towards her because she's she's an antihero and a villain, uh, but she's so likable. She's so much Mm -hmm. fun. Uh,
2: You mentioned your dog. I I was looking at your Instagram, uh, and uh, what does that handsome gentleman does he have an opinion of you playing Catwoman?
5: Have to ask him he literally just left the room i would have he probably would prefer i play a dog but i will ask him the next time i see him right. um i don't think he's ever been referred to as a handsome gentleman he'll be thrilled when i tell him that
2: oh well he's he's quite striking <laughs> right uh what about you you um you're kind of you've in the past you played a couple of uh uh mean ladies i guess or Or challenging ladies jade west Mm -hmm. fallon carrington does uh does selena kyle compare to any of these characters
5: yeah i mean she's it was funny i went into the animation booth and i i gave her the voice i felt was the strongest most confident uh most you know sexual version i could and then it was pushed a, a thousand miles further i think that she is on a whole other level. I mean, of course, I mean, she's Catwoman. She is the supreme version of all of these girls. She's the most confident and the strongest and the quickest and the smartest. And so, um, absolutely. I mean, do they compare to her? <laughs> I
2: don't oh, know. yeah. Um, you mentioned the booth there you're working with uh, a murderer's row of talent, your co-stars. Did you get to work with anybody or was this still recorded in COVID? Were you all alone?
5: I was all alone. I was first recorded in Atlanta by myself because I live in Atlanta. And then uh, after that, I was literally all alone in my house. Uh, you know, we did it uh, over—I was about to say over the internet. Like I'm 5,000 years old. Um, we did it. <laughs> we did it like over Zoom and we source connected. And so I actually did it from my uh, own home studio well, the latter half of the movie because um, that was prime COVID. So, no, it was exciting for me to see the movie finally and hear everyone's voices and, and look at this huge roster of talent. It's pretty incredible, um, this cast. So, yeah, it was an honor.
2: How, how I want to ask, how how more challenging is it to do it from home uh, on the Zoom, as you mentioned, as opposed to have, being face-to-face with, uh, I'm assuming it was Wes Gleeson was the voice director for this?
5: Yeah, I mean, I i i never was face to face with him it was always over because i was in atlanta and i wasn't i believe in la where he was but um to do it with no cast you know that's challenging i've I've done a lot of voiceover where i've been alone but a full movie where i'm talking nonstop and i'm with all these different people and i have these developed relationships particularly with the batwoman it would have been helpful or more fun maybe to have uh you know, been in the booth with some of my co-stars, but it, it did work out. I mean, it's amazing what you can accomplish, I guess, <laughs> on your own. Did
2: <laughs> did did he did Wes have any suggestions for the voice, or were you pretty set on it once you got into the booth?
5: I uh, was open, very, very open to any and all uh, direction. He gave me a lot of direction. Um, like I said, he pushed me further into a— I would say um, more breathy, suggestive and heightened um, area of my voice for Catwoman uh, to sort of portray her sexuality even further kind of than I had um, intended. And I think that that ends up working really well, particularly as I saw the animation and with some of the scenes with uh, that woman or floating through the party. It worked really well. Uh, But uh, he was wonderful. Yeah, he 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 had a lot of excellent ideas and it was really great collaborating with him.
2: The the trailer is is filled with innuendo, and you mentioned the sexuality of it. Is there any romance between Batman Batwoman in
3: this?
5: Yeah, there definitely is. Um, there is a heavy heavy flirtation, uh, if not more, with uh, Catwoman and Batwoman in this movie, and that was something that was new, you know, to to look at their relationship in that way and delve a little deeper into their dynamics. So I had a lot of fun with that. And Stephanie did a wonderful job Uh, once I saw it back and saw all those scenes that I had obviously only recorded half of (laughs) to see them together and to watch our back and forth was really fun. And I think it, uh, it's a really fresh take on their relationship. And uh, I think the fans will really enjoy it.
2: Mm -hmm. Can you Talk a little bit about the importance of representation of of the LGBTQ community in the modern-day yeah, animation.
5: Absolutely. Well, you're seeing it more and more now, particularly in the DC universe, and I think it's very exciting and important that they are delving further into these storylines and kind of embracing them and elaborating on them and exploring them. I mean, this their willingness to include you know, all aspects of these characters and to delve a little deeper into who they are and what their relationships could be like beyond what, you know, whatever kind of barriers they had before to break them and allow them to kind of just run free. It's really exciting. And so to get to be a part of this sort of groundbreaking, uh, this groundbreaking one with Batwoman and Catwoman is, is, is very, very cool. It's exciting that they're, you know, expanding in that way and because inclusion is so important especially in the dc space and in the marvel space you know all these places where it it hasn't been as featured before to now share these stories is hugely important so i'm honored to get to be a part of one Mm -hmm.
2: um let me bring this plane in for a landing and uh i want to ask you when i was when i was a little boy i used to have to get up really early on saturday mornings to beat my brother to the couch so I could get the good spot in front of the TV to watch our (laughs) cartoons. But I'd have to get up even earlier than my parents to get to the kitchen and pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness so I could enjoy my day. So, uh, Elizabeth, (laughs) I'd like to know, what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what cartoons did you watch? Oh, my God. That's such a good question.
5: Damn. Okay, my favorite cereal was probably—it's so boring, but I think it was Cheerios, I swear to God. You know, it used to be Lucky Charms when I was younger, but then it really— transitioned into Cheerios and then I liked Honey Nut Cheerios and then what did I watch on Sundays my brother was younger than me and he used to watch like a lot of I mean for us it was all the Nicktoons you know all those awesome like I I, they probably weren't on on Sundays they were on all the time like Rock was Modern Life and um Ren and Stimpy and I even watched like Cat Dog I mean I watched all of them I was like a little Nickelodeon kid (laughs) I loved them all
2: those are great shows way back The beginning of Nickelodeon. Thank you so much for your time. I heard the other person come on. So, uh, do me a favor. Enjoy the rest of your day, Elizabeth, and I will see you on the other side.
5: Thank you so much. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, guys.
4: Meanwhile, Batman returns the greatest new cereal Gotham City has ever known. Now it's marshmallow and chocolate flavored. With the amazing new Batmobile And incredible new villains Catwoman The Penguin It's deliciously crunchy chocolate flavored cereal And great marshmallow shapes The action packed cereal That's part of this complete breakfast Batman Returns There's never been a cereal like it
0: yep. Batman cereal commercial You can't beat them folks You can't beat them Uh
1: I, I don't know, you guys, you guys obviously couldn't see that, but this is a uh, Batman Returns See it, I could barely commercial. hear it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure our listener could hear it just fine. <laughs> um, but uh, every single uh, marshmallow was shaped. So you had the, the bat symbol was a marshmallow. The uh, penguin's hat was a marshmallow. And Catwoman's, like the, the silhouette of her head was a marshmallow. And I believe the Batmobile was a marshmallow.
0: My Isn't lord.
1: Great? Isn't that amazing?
0: How many marshmallow shapes were in this cereal? Well, let if we do a rundown uh, at least four fuck. That's too many.
1: Yeah, and they were all different colors. They were all different colors like it was like a lucky charms of Batman.
0: Oh, good one. lord, amazing. that's impressive. Yeah. Uh and that uh, and that of course is no longer available. Thankfully.
1: <laughs> long gone <laughs> long gone but catwoman yeah, it, is still around but if you
0: want a new a new yeah. fresh hit of catwoman check out catwoman Colin Hunted uh, starring of course who you just heard uh the very talented uh, Elizabeth Gillies and uh the the rather talented Jimmy Lazinski great interview Jimmy uh you really finally got her to open up about playing catwoman
2: mm, yes she was quite delightful to chat with.
0: As you yeah, heard, that was that heard. was self evident. Yeah. That n- did not need repeating.
2: Well, I don't. I, maybe you couldn't hear my enthusiasm in, during the interview. It's what I guess what I was saying. <laughs> she, was, she was one of the she was one of the easier
0: ones. Oh, so yeah. uh, well then, I guess if we got nowhere else to go, why don't you uh, tell us about some of the worst Catwoman interviews you've done? <laughs>
2: Well, there was this one time I, I didn't get to interview her, Lee Merriweather, but I did get to submit a question, and I never even got credit for it So, <laughs> kind of you got kind credit of recently, actually.
1: So. Uh, we didn't credit you by name, but uh, we said, our like, one of our uh, friends or callers. didn't I mean, did we this, is, this is in first season.
0: Ever? We'd have to really go back. But it, in my mind, I believe I said, uh, young listener, little Jimmy Lazinski asks... <laughs> from Detroit, Michigan, (laughs) wrote in to say, Dear Casey. Dear Lee Merriweather.
1: So, listen. Was um, it
0: cool being... For
1: all of you... For all you new listeners...
0: Please uh, stay. Back
1: about uh, a (laughs) hundred episodes ago, (laughs) we interviewed Lee Merriweather, and Jimmy here cannot shut up about it. Because he was not involved in that interview. <laughs> so here we are, um talking about Catwoman. Yep, we once
0: finally again. got back around to it. Uh but that's enough about Catwoman. Uh let's talk about Batwoman. Jimmy, do you have anything to say yeah. about Batwoman? Go ahead. I Batwoman can dare was, uh, you.
2: the arguably the the co lead of this movie. I think it's, it's, a lot of it centers around her, right? In addition, Almost as much as Catwoman.
0: Oh, really? But Did they get some big star to play that role? A pretty
2: big, uh, pretty big get for the old Saturday Morning Cereal Boys. I think Stephanie Beatrice, uh, <laughs> you might know her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Canto Q-Force, Boja Koshman.
0: I mean, uh, you, and yeah. you had me at Brooklyn other. Nine-Nine, but the rest was gravy.
2: Uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. She was
0: Holiday. also in the Heights. Yep. And actually, Encanto's pretty damn huge right now. That's probably that's probably right, what yeah. we should be Officially, a with.
2: Disney princess now, which mm-hmm. I think is not a lot of people mm-hmm. can say that.
0: Well, I like to think yeah. we all can, but that's where we differ in opinion. Uh, but, but what about the character well, you know of what? Batwoman? Uh, because shame. listen, guys, again, I'm going to tell you, I'm the guy who just remembers mostly the mainstream Batman stuff. And also, I well, don't also, watch CW, uh, so I, I don't interject- know anything about... The actual Batwoman show. Pick it up from there. Explain it. Uh, and well, she, she
2: first came on the scene. <laughs> can, I, can, and, I, uh,
0: can I get a word in here, right. you, you had something to say
2: about Batwoman.
1: <laughs> I just kind of want to make sure that everybody knows something here. Um, and I just kind of figured this out, relatively speaking, recently. Catwoman. I'm sorry, Batwoman. And Batgirl are totally different characters. It, it wasn't like one became the other. Right, Correct, Jimmy? So the from Batman 66, that was Batgirl, who was Commissioner Gordon's daughter. right?
2: Batwoman predates Bat, Batgirl by at least 10 years.
1: I had no idea about any of this. Please tell
0: us more about Batwoman. And it's not Batgirl.
2: Well, first off, it's not Batgirl. She was. Hold on, hold was, on,
0: guys. I'm a little confused. Are we talking about Batgirl here?
2: No. This is.
0: Good, this because is I was I, asking about Batwoman.
2: Batwoman first appears in Detective 233 in 1956. And she came on the hundred and thirty three
0: 233 episodes after Catwoman.
2: If, well, no, Um Maybe maybe a little less than two little less than two hundred because this is a detective comics and Catwoman was in Batman number one. Mm. So uh but she God was brought on to combat the allegations of Batman's homosexuality. Um
1: oh wow.
2: We're whoa. right and back. She at was, this. <laughs> so she was uh similarly to Bruce Wayne, she was a rich uh, heiress, had a lot of money to to. Get herself a costume and fight crime. She was a former—I want to say she was like a circus act, a circus performer before.
0: Circus performer, come well, playgirl, uh, high society snob. Uh, we've heard the story before. Go ahead. Right.
1: And I actually—I actually think we should add beard at this point.
0: Oh, because <laughs> it's, it's to beard. combat his rumors. No, yeah. homosexuality. she did have a sidekick, uh,
2: Cat Batgirl.
0: Exactly. But that
2: was completely different from Commissioner daughter, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, Batgirl which came out in 1967 or 68.
0: Oh, well, back then they probably just did call her Commissioner Daughter. But uh, uh, I am curious now, <laughs> were the rumors of Batman's homosexuality he was, he was the commissioner in the comics, or were they in real life?
2: This was, maybe you've heard of the infamous uh, controversial book, Seduction of the Innocents.
0: I have not, of and I innocent, assume where... most people haven't. Go. Explain. Oh, well,
2: I think you might be assuming incorrectly, but a lot of people have heard of it, and basically a big part of this book was uh, the author was saying that essentially Batman and Robin were gay, and it was all—the uh, whole Batman and Robin story was to make it okay for young, for young fellers to want to be gay in the future, and, like, because he points out that it's just two dudes living in a house— and there's no, there's no women in the house and then you know shortly after that you get aunt harriet joins the scene and uh uh frederick wortham is is the author just came to mind so basically he said this, no. batman and robin are gay he he was the original guy that said that and there's a lot of hidden sexual innuendo was
0: he speaking and it was it
2: was a comic books in general but he, I've, a lot of the focus was at Batman and Robin.
0: So, like, what era was this? When did this book come out?
2: This book came out in uh, nineteen and fifty four, I think.
0: Oh, height of the Red Scare, too. And so, and then, so that,
1: and so that immediately led to the creation of Batwoman, somebody that could play off of, um, the Bruce Wayne uh, character, and, and as I understand it, Batman, some as kind a of beard. F-
0: yeah. So As I think beard. now yeah. you have and so justified. It could it. Give him
1: I, I'm on board. This is amazing. I have never, ever, ever heard this at all. So I, this is why. This is why we
0: do. Right. why I you. listen. I'm yeah. glad so I was. So while
1: we
2: was, recorded I, this. I, it was in uh, 1964 when the new Batgirl was Barbara Gordon, and took over for Batwoman, and she got kind of kick to the back end, kick to the, to, to the, to the shadows again. And she was brought back. Batwoman was brought back in 1977 as a guest heroine. And since then she's become her own, uh, superhero in her own right. Uh, she, uh, the her, her, I should have mentioned her name it was Kathy Kane back then. Now she goes by Kate Kane and she's a big old lesbian and she's a, I like, a um, an icon of the LBGTQ plus community, so uh she has her own show now. Maybe you've seen it. It's called Batwoman. Played by yeah. yes. Javicia, yeah. v... Aptly Javicia Leslie named. Javisia Leslie.
1: And that's actually the second actress that has played her on the on this show, right?
2: Well, um correct. I guess let me correct myself. Um mm. the 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 first actress was uh, Rose help me out. Rose, uh, nope. Rose, Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose played Kate Kane, and then her character was uh, uh, killed off to some extent and replaced by the new Batwoman is Ryan Wilder, which is played by Javicia Leslie.
0: I actually have and this not one, seen the show, so I'd like to just get a little clarification on killed off to some extent.
2: Well, she yeah. she was killed off. Only mostly She was dead. mostly dead <laughs> and then they found her uh, turns out she just got hit on the head and forgot who she was. And they had another uh, actress okay. player because Ruby Rose got clipped from the show.
1: Yeah, there was some there was some problems with her on the Allegedly. set, is what I've heard. Yeah. yeah, allegedly, but anyway, we're here to talk but about anyway, Batwoman. Far, yeah, uh, as as you can Batwoman all use your own Google
0: going. for the rest of that story, uh, right. and yeah. uh, you dig up your own. So dirt. anyway, there uh, is our uh, our crash on the spot history of Batwoman from our resident Batman expert. Well, hold
1: on, hold on. I have, I have, I
0: have one Marquee, more. Marky, of course, question about also so, has an interjection. Like, Go ahead.
1: Yes, uh, where like. um, Where did all this, how far did all this go between Batman and Batwoman? Like, did they ever uh, um, flirt with getting married, you know, kind of settling down now, you know, things like that? Or, like, did it just kind of move, did it just kind of do enough so that it took the heat off of the homosexual issue? So Batwoman and
2: Batgirl were there because uh, romance seemed to be needed in Batman. And consequently, Robin's life. So they were there to flirt and, you know, just to have some chicks around. And once, so probably in the 70s when Batman became more serious again and was portrayed as the Dark Knight detective and the loner, uh, uh, vengeance-filled.
0: And this is mostly where Batman was just living in the comic books. Right. They could do that right. Well, and like, when when did the whole
1: Batman as billionaire or millionaire playboy come into it? Like, was this before? That was always his. That was always his scene. He
2: had a in in the first couple, first couple adventures. He had, uh, he had a gal whose name escapes me at the moment, but it wasn't. uh, I want to say her name was Julie something.
0: Julie McGuffin, maybe.
2: Julie McGuffin, yeah. And uh, (laughs) they were engaged. And she couldn't tell. She couldn't tell when it was Bruce when Batman was, was Bruce Wayne. I mean, she couldn't tell that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Ah, that was in the first or second story, I think. Well, it does make for after. a
0: for a All pretty right. bad playboy if he's engaged.
2: But then, so a year a year later, after he came along, also in Batman number one, Robin came along, and the, that's when they things kind of uh, went south as far as their reputation. I don't know if that's the right thing <laughs> the to say. The thing
0: started going south uh, in Batman number one.
2: Well, that's when they started getting, well, shortly after that, when people started questioning why are these two dudes living together and hanging out yeah. and uh, sometimes depicted as sleeping in the same bed.
0: Okay. Now, e- even even in the perspective of 2022, I do wonder why they were sleeping in the same bed in Wayne Manor.
2: Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. It's a, in 2022. That's a, a fair question. I don't know that back then when they're just writing. So you know, this is a little off-topic of Batwoman, but Robin was. I'm glad introduced. you mentioned her.
0: We'll get back there soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll
2: get back there. She he was introduced so that young readers could like and see themselves as Robin and helping Batman fight crime to keep keep the kids involved in the stories.
0: So then, of course, so, you go over to Wayne Manor. You uh, ride the giraffe. You play with uh, Bubbles the monkey. Sure, share a bed sure. with Batman, and, sure. and your parents pick you up after the week's over. Right.
2: So I All guess. Right. I mean, uh, and I mean, so if Batwoman came it, out to a the It's fair to say if you're looking for those kind of connections, you can find him.
0: <laughs> well, you painted me in a bad light. If you're looking for hey, action and
2: adventure, you probably could see that too.
0: Fair enough.
1: They also clearly both rode very distinct and separate poles. And every bit of media that I've seen, they totally different. I don't know if that was on purpose, but that was the imagery that I got. I never, uh, watching Batman, reading Batman comics, I never had that thought that there was any kind of homosexual relationship between them, not that there's anything wrong with yeah. that. Well,
0: actually, but, no. there explicitly you know, is of course, in that but, case, but in what case? In the case where this is a uh, adolescent boy living uh, under the roof of a uh, uh, of a single man who is sharing a bed with him. I don't want to get that much back into it because when I was a kid, that's how I saw Robin as me. It's like, yeah, if I could hang out with Batman, yeah. that's me. So I never saw a problem with it. Uh, I mean, God bless America for getting up in arms by the end of Batman number one and them having to respond. (laughs) It just says the media cycle really isn't that much different today.
1: Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm taking away from this. It's always that was only
2: part of that book. Seduction of the Innocent. He also got on um, Wonder Woman for being uh, for all the bondage subtext so he didn't just attack, and and Superman was both. He said Superman was both uh, un-American and fascist. Oof. So he had he had I some. I thought
0: Superman fought the Nazis at one point,
2: and and kind of remember at So this was you know early early to mid fifties, and uh, you know I certainly. It wasn't around then, so I can't speak to it. But what I've heard <laughs> yeah. was, oh, so you're
0: saying you're uh, not to blame. Um, that, that uh,
2: back then? Homosexuality <laughs> was homo- homosexuality was still viewed as a mental disorder, socially,
0: or at at best, downright one right, that could uh, be cured. Um... Well, it was it, it was it was
1: seen as something that could be cured, and also something that could be caused. And I think that was that's what kind of co- that's what led to all this. Paranoia about what people were reading, people were seeing, uh, and all these images that were kind of being projected.
0: Well, thank God um, we're beyond that, and, and I can you know, play my Grand Theft Auto in peace. Uh, in in the meantime, I seem to recall a bunch of us were sitting around here talking about Batwoman earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. Batwoman. Let's get. And back to why that. should you we know, talk about her first, so much? When I happen to know Jimmy, you got one more ace up your sleeve. Believe it. All right. Who'd you talk to? And please tell me you got it on tape.
2: The young, uh, ever so talented Stephanie Beatrice, who plays Batwoman. And I do have it on tape. All those things are true. And she was an absolute delight, as you will soon hear.
0: All right. Well, I mean, let's not pussyfoot around. I'm going to give you one more shot. Can you get this magic interview machine to play your magic interview?
2: Magic interview machine, take it away. Bat, bat, bat.
0: Well, again, it's like a search engine, Jimmy. You got to tell the magic (laughs) interview machine. Oh, I got this. Magic interview machine. Let me hear Stephanie Beatriz with Jimmy. Meanwhile. How are you
2: today, Stephanie? I'm good. How are you? I'm dynamite. Thank you so much for asking. Um. If you don't mind, we got a little time, so I'll jump right in. Um, yeah, please. Uh, as I heard the previous guy say, I loved you as Mirabelle Madrigal in Encanto. You're also known as Gina Casador and Bojack Horseman, uh, Mia Thermopolis in Q Force, which I absolutely loved. But we are going to talk Thank about you. Kate Kane slash Batwoman and Catwoman Hunted, which awesome. is my favorite DC movie to date. They just keep getting better, and you're a Ooh, big part of this one. Wow. So t- All right. To my ear, your performance is a very, mostly a very serious tone, similar to Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. How would you say that Batwoman and Rosa compare to each other?
4: Good question. Um, I think Batwoman is much more, I don't know, I think she's a little more, she wants to remain more isolated. She's, But she does have the sort of same non-plus Sort of reaction mm-hmm. to most people, most challenges, um, m- m- having to have any kind of relationships. Um, so far, as in, in this version, so in Catlin Hunted, the audience is sort of meeting her. Obviously, they know her, but they're meeting this version of her for the first time, and so I think they're meeting a character that hasn't had time with them to necessarily like uh, grow in the way that you got to see Rosa grow over eight seasons. Mm -hmm. That being said, I'd love to see what happens with the growth of Batwoman in this world. Because like, as you can see from watching the film, there's things that Batwoman doesn't necessarily have a total, she's got a lot of control around herself and her image and who she is. And yet, There's parts of herself that feel like she doesn't. She's not totally in control there. She she feels vulnerable there. She might have some sort of um, soft spots that she wasn't aware of, and that's really exciting.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, The only time that that serious demeanor, or one of the few times that the serious demeanor breaks, is when Catwoman is, um, let's say, distracting her. Can you can Mm -hmm. you tease, or what can we tease to the fans about the bubble bath scene? you're going to want to rewind it and watch it over. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty,
4: it's really sexy and tantalizing and it's fun to see two characters that you might not put in that situation, be in that situation. And I'm excited for people to see it and, and I don't know, respond to it. I'm not, I I think it's a really, It's it's, fun scene it's really fun and you've seen that i mean you've seen a version of that of that scene in lots of movies before and yet watching these two characters play out that scene that's new and fresh and different and that's what's thrilling about it too
2: and and so well acted for for, for just voice acting so nuanced i might i might add thank you um what would you what oh, you're very welcome what would you say is the result is the relationship between batwoman and catwoman
4: Sort of relationship that you've seen often in superhero worlds, but also like in, you know, it's that sort of like antagonistic, flirty, like you annoy the crap out of me, and yet I think you're the smartest person in the room. Um, they challenge each other. Uh, I think they are. They're, a ma- they're like an equal match in terms of ability and brains it just expresses itself in different ways and those ways kind of make them butt heads,
3: which is fun
2: mm-hmm. uh, batwoman is the highest profile gay superhero to appear, to appear at least in dc universe and a few years ago you came out at by as by how does it feel or was it important to you to bring voice to an icon of the lgbtq plus community
4: I think it's really amazing that the team behind Catwoman Hunted wanted to have an actor that was part of the LGBTQIA community voice that character. Um, so I'm really grateful that they asked me to be a part of the project. And, and you know, I think that, that good stories deserve to be told, fun stories deserve to be told. just so happens that there's lots of kinds of people in the world. just so happens that lots of kinds of people can fill up those good stories and so i'm i'm happy to be alive at a time when those characters are you know in the sort of central storylines of television film the media that we're consuming and at the same time i'm um, you know it's it's not over yet meaning that there are parts of the world where you know those stories aren't celebrated in fact they're not even allowed to be seen and so we still have work to do as a global community to make sure that everyone is seeing themselves as the center of the story.
2: Right, for sure, for sure. Agreed. Um what is there are there, are there any aspects of Batwoman that you see in yourself?
4: Yeah, tough exterior. Um, <laughs> trying to come off like she's got it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I think that that's definitely something that I can identify with. I think a lot of people can identify with that. But, you know, particularly, I mean, I'll say this, as a new mom, it can be really hard to ask for help. You want to sort of believe that you've got it all together and you can do it all. and You're going to be that one person that is able to juggle all the things that you need to juggle and you end up sort of constantly feeling like you're failing on one level or another. And so that part, I think, like kind of coming at the world with this sort of like front of i've got it all together that is something that that woman and i have very much in common Mm
2: -hmm. um i'm i'm quite sure you might have been asked this more than once a couple times in the past but it's my turn it's my chance so i'm gonna get to ask it um (laughs) uh, brooklyn 99 recently wrapped up so i'd like to know what was the mood on the set the last day of shooting
4: Mixture between like really sad and really happy. Really sad because we knew we weren't going to be coming back to those sets and you know working on the daily with each other. But really happy because I think we all really felt like we created something that was really loved and that we found really funny. Um, that that we found to be really satisfying and joyful. uh The work with each other was always really fun. Uh, we had an incredible crew. We'd, amazing writers our showrunner was a great great person um Andy the cast like everyone was just it was a really magical time and it taught me a lot about myself yeah it was like a beautiful mix it was like it was it was weird I've I've had that feeling like other times in my life and one of them was like my wedding day which is like was so beautiful and happy and joyous and yet I knew that like the day was going to come to an end and like the party would be over, you know, and it was the same kind of feeling. It was like enjoy every second and soak it up while, while it's happening,
2: right? Right. Um, with with so much comedy and funny stuff going on on the screen that we get to see as the audience, who, what was, um, do you have any stories of hijinks behind the scenes or who was the biggest jokester or prankster on the set? Uh,
4: well, we're not, we weren't really pranksters. I mean, it's strange because comedy takes a lot of brain power, um, you know, and we were lucky enough to work with one of the most brilliant and hilarious and smartest people in the world. And that's Andy Samberg. He's really smart. And for comedy to be smart, it, it's hard to do. Um, and yet he does it so brilliantly and makes it look so easy. That you just think he's just like, dink, donk, shake for all <laughs> He's actually really, really smart. Um, so yeah I, we weren't like a real prankster kind of set. Um, I think Chelsea Peretti is probably one of the funniest human beings on the planet <laughs> um I I'm so lucky that I got to work with her for so long and I I'm just in awe of how her brain works I think she's an absolute genius and I guess like one of the best memories I think I have is all of us sitting around at craft services sort of, as we we're shooting the pilot was a bunch of us sitting around and Andy kind of looked around at us and said, well, get ready to look at each other's faces for the next seven years. And it was a total <laughs> joke because like, we didn't know if the pilot was going to get picked up or not, you know? Um, and then, you know, eight
2: seasons later, yeah, there we were. And so like, that's a really special memory that I have. He only missed it by a couple years, huh? Right. Well, only one. And, Oh, oh, darn, we went over. <laughs> right. Shucks, right. Um, let me ask you, I think my time's running out, but on my way out the door, uh, I want to ask, yeah. um, when I was a kid, I used to have to get up really early before my brother to get to the good spot on the couch so I could sit in the front of the TV and watch my oh. favorite Saturday morning cartoons. But I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents into the kitchen to pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness for the day. So, Stephanie, mm-hmm. I'd like to know what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal, and what cartoons did you watch?
5: Oh. Okay, so let me
4: just transition back into my mind and think. Um, I think it was Frosted Flakes.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Almost positive it was a Frosted Flakes situation in my house. Um, Morning cartoons, I, I don't remember Saturday mornings. I remember sitting in front of the TV. But I don't remember what we watched, probably because I was so hopped up on sugar from the frosted flakes. Uh-huh. But I do remember, I do remember, and they were a big influence on me. Getting ready before school in high school, we had to get up really early because my high school was a bit of a drive, and uh, my sister and I would watch Sailor Moon. They would show it at 5:30 a.m. in Webster, Texas, which is where I grew up, and I loved Sailor Moon. I that was like kind of free ish internet, you know, internet was like happening but it wasn't a big big deal and mm-hmm. that was sort of the first introduction that I had to that style of animation, anime and like also the sort of goofy characters and and these regular girls that then became the heroes and center of the story. And that had a lot of influence on me, as I'm sure you can probably tell when you kinda of look at the projects
2: and things that I've chosen in my career. That was a major influence. Yeah. Who was your favorite um a girl Oh my god, Sailor Moon. Say oh, the titular Sailor Moon, yeah. is the one. Sailor Moon, yeah. Sailor Moon. yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, um that seems like it's uh that's my time. I don't want to be greedy. Uh thank you so much Stephanie for your time. Uh, Catwoman hunted comes out 4K ultra high def Blu-ray combo pack on February 8th, as I'm sure you know. Um do me a favor and enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you on the other side.
0: All right. Oh, that's great. Uh and coming out of that the uh the effervescent Stephanie Beatrice uh Jimmy. You lucky dog you get to talk to all the cool cats. Yes, yeah, sure does. And bats. <laughs> and cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played.
2: Nice. You set him up, buddy.
1: Can I just mm. say about this uh about this whole f- about all the talking that we've been doing and and all the interviews that we've heard one of the things oh, God, that
0: i wish someone would say something about it
1: one of the one of the things that really stands out to me is that a character that was created to negate what was perceived as the negative lgbtq tropes of the time goes on to be a hero and a pioneer of the lgbtq community I think is just like I don't know if I don't really believe in karma but if I did I think that's that's that would be it right like it's just it's, That is
0: pretty cool. Yeah. Is pretty, pretty cool. cool. I don't know if anybody I don't know if has actually karma, said the word cool. hero but definitely representation.
1: Well she's literally Release. a hero. What are you talking about? She's a hero. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I mean, you're right. Everybody has said she's a hero, <laughs> so you got me there. Yeah,
1: I mean, come on, she's well literally, done, yeah. Captain Loophole. Yeah, it's funny though. <laughs> I mean,
0: foiled again.
1: Come on, guys, let's give pop culture a little credit when it gets it right. It it did it did it right here about getting this character uh, uh, pointed in this direction because it was the it was to counteract. It's creation in the first place. It's just, it's amazing <laughs> to me. Just craziness, right? I mean, do you think that, that the current creator... We
2: showed that Frederick Wardham.
1: Right, exactly. I wonder if these current creators, these current um, keepers of this character, do you think that they even did that on purpose? Or do you think that's just embedded in the character originally? I mean, it's just, I, I don't really, I don't think we have the time to get into it, but it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up and then uh, closing the door. That makes it easier. (laughs) Do
3: you have any thoughts on this, Dan, that you would like to get
0: into? (laughs) Do you have any thoughts? I'd like to hear it next
3: time.
0: Yeah. It is. I think think we did identify one very colorful, surprising thread in the tapestry of a very complex issue, uh, and you can kind of track it through the creation of the character, why they thought they needed it, where the character is now, and doesn't that speak to what a wild world we live in?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. I think it's I think it's fantastic that that we're here and that we're able to kind of identify these things and, you know, we're we're kind of forced to face it, you know, kind of what caused it back in the 50s, but we get we get to kind of celebrate it now. So you know, that is progress, thank God for it. Obviously we have a long way to go. Um but you know looking good, looking better anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, well you, get, you get a B plus America. Well straight put. from Marquis desk. Keep it up. You'll graduate.
1: Yeah, eventually.
0: Cs get degrees. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, that is good. And I guess, I guess, uh, and again, as the novice, as absolutely the most base common denominator uh, audience for a movie like this, I take it upon my shoulders to say recommend. Yeah. Especially because give me we're a talking more, about seventy five minutes.
2: Give me a little. Give me a little more. You liked it you want to see it again recommended
0: yeah recommended oh mostly harmless
2: <laughs> chef recommends <laughs> try the clams casino no it
0: actually is it is a very good movie um i i think uh, see i feel like i i was kind of colored i was like i as soon as that first batarang entered frame and maybe this is just my fanboy manipulated mind i thought i was going to see batman and unfortunately, even after I saw Batwoman, I was like, well, Batman's probably going to show up. Uh, well, you know, that's just your, sh- well,
1: that's your chauvinistic tendencies, Dan, I think. Exactly. You know. right. but yeah. they, they so, had, and I, I didn't that like really that it cool... made
0: me look at myself in the mirror like that. So, you know, minus two stars. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I thought that that was a real cool moment when she called her cat. She's like, no, don't call me that. Yeah. Batman calls me that.
0: Yeah. That was. It was, And there's actually a lot of good, uh, I mean, for an animated movie, and for the, especially as, as you mentioned in the interviews, th- usually they're not in the same room or anything. This, this was a quiet, intimate movie in a lot of parts, mm-hmm. where it was just two actors playing off each other. So, again, very impressive. I don't want to qualify it like, could you believe it, because they weren't in the same room, but... It's a subtle, intimate, entertaining, and bizarrely, we, I wish we had more time to talk about it, but the jazz theme? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nuts. I know. like the, That whole... really,
2: really sets it apart from other DC animated movies, I think.
0: Yeah, it is. The, it, the it, anime yeah. and the music. It, it kind of... Anime, it, it, and it sets it apart from other anime, I assume, not being a big anime watcher, but it was like good jazz like crazy acid jazz is that that's a thing right
1: uh sure i think it's more of a heroin thing but
2: sure
0: uh
1: but yeah like the the whole like the whole opening credits and how they were very stylized it was kind of like that i don't know 60s kind of you know um mod squad kind of look to it like it it just it really it really dug into a totally different era of the DC animated movie um you know uh universe and kind of what they have coming um and mm-hmm. you know so this uh cat the the catwoman hunted kicks off an impressive slate of DC centric animated films coming in 2022 from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment following Catwoman Hunted the 2022 release Releases include two new entries to the popular DC Universe movies and DC animated movies canons, which include Green Lantern, Be, uh, Green Lantern beware my power and Battle of the Super Sons as well as a film for younger fans, Teen Titans Go, DC Superhero Girls, Mayhem in the Multi-Universe. The year will also see the presentation of the oh, DC oh, showcase.
0: Getting a little suspicious.
1: Constantine House of Mystery, the latest compilation of animated shorts.
0: Here, you're speaking. Really fast, anchored Are you okay? by
1: a story involving the Hell Blazer himself and the highly anticipated 4K Ultra HD oh, release of no, Batman.
0: Of a copy read here.
1: What I really like about this uh, stream of consciousness. that Moves I'm That is a cat's
0: tongue, brother. <laughs> as I complete, oh, stream of consciousness. Now I'm now I'm convinced. All right, that was pretty impressive. No, man. No, no, you no, got, no I you a second hold on, hold on.
1: I'm not done because there is oh, a oh. highly anticipated. 4K Ultra HD release of Batman: The Long Halloween Deluxe Edition. Batman? Did I say Batman? <laughs> 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 Again, it's my stream of consciousness. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in That's and a out, man. Edition. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, fans uh, of the of the Batman: uh, Long Halloween <laughs> one and He's two. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they're coming up with a deluxe edition, which is a kind of a master edit. Um, and, uh, which ramps up the R-rated action across both halves of the acclaimed film, now melded together as one dynamic thriller. So, oh my god, Saturday Buckle Morning Shill is off to a great start in this, uh... Oh,
0: geez, didn't we already do a show about both halves of that, and now, now we gotta do a show about both halves together?
1: Uh, well, we're not gonna it's have to, but it's... Yeah, we've, um, yes, the the answer is yes, we are going to do... Well, we get to
0: see the, the screener for free, even if we don't.
1: <laughs> well, we've already seen these movies, but, yeah, it's going to be some kind of super ed. Anyway, guys, there's going to be a lot, uh, there's a lot of DC Universe, DC animated movie universe stuff coming out. There's going to be stuff with the anime twist, there's going to be, like, ultra edits, there's going to be some new heroes, old heroes done in new ways... Uh, this is just a great time to be a superhero movie fan. Uh, it's it's oh, a golden DC era.
0: DC is just letting Zach re-edit everything, huh? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah. We're, we, we, we don't need to talk about that one. But
0: uh, <laughs> uh, All right. You know, you're right. We don't need to. And also, at this point, we're probably pushing everybody's patience. Uh, I don't Hulk. know if there's much more to be said here, but I'm not the I... Batman expert. Jimmy? The spotlight's on you, if you got anything you want to plug, Batman Worldish.
2: Well, I do from the corrections department. Uh, uh, we, cool. In oh, our interview that. with Elizabeth Gillies, I, re- I referred to the voice director as a frequent voice director for the DC Animated Universe, so Wes Gleason. But uh, the very talented Jamie Thomason is who voice directed this piece. He works also on Young Justice, did Catwoman Hunted. I don't want to discredit him. He, he deserves a big spotlight, I think. I also want oh, to say, yeah. make sure you check out Catwoman Hunted. It's uh, per- currently my favorite DC animated movie. They just keep getting better. I also yes, want to say, is... check out my Twitter feed on the socials, SD Batman at SD Batman. I also want to say, check out my YouTube channel at Retro Cool Nerd. And special thanks to Gary Menino.
1: Yeah, and for hooking uh, this all up at yeah,
2: WB Home Entertainment.
1: And if you don't want to listen to us anymore, you can pretty much read about all these
0: interviews on BleedingCool.com. Am I right, Jimmy?
2: Oh, yeah. Don't forget about (laughs) BleedingCool.com.
0: Well, kind of wish you hadn't given them an out there. But uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this point. Uh, We have all learned a lot. We've grown a lot. And most of all, that's enough of this. Am I right?
1: Let's get out of here.
2: That is enough of this. Meow, meow, meow.
0: Meow. Now
2: we know. And
1: knowing is half the battle. Ah, oh, this is enough for this.